I'm George Flynn, and the podcast is Win with Flynn, and we motivate people and get them ready to do something, but the question is, what do they do next? Now, that's my guest today, Brian Freed. He's with National Inventors Club, and let me tell you, this man gives. He gives and gives and gives, and he's got advice for us today about how your ideas, your inventions can come to life. Brian, thank you very much for being with us, and welcome Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, George. Uh, tell us, how did you start? Did you just grow up being an inventor, or what happened? Uh, how, did, how did you grow up? Because people want to know something about you, first of all. <laughs> Thank you, George. Well, I could say that when I was growing up, I was definitely a guy that, or a kid that was taking things apart I was intrigued. I was looking at how things were made. I started to really be focused on my challenges that I was having and things that annoyed me. But also, I was a people watcher, not only for myself selfishly of things that annoyed me and trying to find new ways to do them, but also looking at how other people did things and how they could possibly do them better. And I guess as I Gone, I've gone through the stages in my life. I'm 49, 49 years old now. Just going through those different stages, figuring out and understanding what is important to me, <laughs> what might be important to others as the world evolves and things change and things are getting easier. But really, there's always challenges and we have to find a better way to do things. So you're, you're into a better way of doing things and other people out other people in the world are into how can i do this better how can i do it more efficiently less costly and that's where that's where inventions come from okay you get an idea and you just go down uh, fill out a form and go down to the patent office and get a patent that's not really the way it works how does obtaining a patent or how does how does this if you're an inventor how do you go about all of this? Well, you know, George, what you were saying before, look, everybody at some point or another comes up with an idea. And the question is, are they going to do something with it? And a lot of times people come up with something and you get distracted, poof, it's gone, right? Somebody honks the horn at you when you're driving, you had this great idea, you forgot all about it. But other people are just kind of going through and saying, you know what? I have a good idea. I have this great idea. Maybe it can make me a gazillionaire. I don't know. But just trying to figure out what to do next is the challenge. So some people stop and capture the idea, and then they try to figure out what to do next. Other people are, ah, somebody else will do it. So then they'll see it later on in life, and they'll go, ah, I would have, could have, should have done that. Um, but, you know, there's other people that stop. And they say, you know what? I have a good idea. Let me see if there's an opportunity to commercialize it. Maybe it is my gazillion dollar idea. Maybe it's going to change my life. But I might have a full-time job. And maybe this is something that I can turn into a side hustle. Maybe it could be something that could be something as residual income in a supplement to my full-time job and my, my income. So there's a lot of reasons why people come up with things and everybody's different, George, right? Everybody's got something going on. Every person, every idea is different. 
So just kind of going through that journey. But like you said, when you come up with the idea, you don't just necessarily run to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. It's got great resources on there to learn what to do with your idea and how to protect your idea. But really, when you first come up with the idea, George, it's so important because I have an opportunity to talk to inventors every single day, even this weekend. And it's really about what to do when they have their idea, going online and just putting in some generic terms to see if your idea exists. And it's not just going into Walmart, going down the aisles and saying, hey, my idea is not on the shelves. I'm going to be a gazillionaire. It doesn't necessarily work like that. But yes, when you start to see that there's a void in the market of something that you came up with or something that's similar out there, but yours is different and it's a better way to do things, I think that's where you have to stop and really start to look. And yes, start off with going online, doing a search, put in some generic terms. And I like to click on images, George, because if you go through the links, it's a lot of work. So I like to visually see if my idea exists out there. So that's step one. It costs you nothing but your time to just go online and see if there's similar ideas out there. And I can get into more of the searching steps, but what do you think so far? You know, I think that's, uh, that is a time-saving idea for inventors. Click on images. That, that, is, that will save you hours and hours of time. So already you've gotten one huge idea from uh, this conversation, from you listening to this podcast. So then what is next? You know what, George? But while you're doing that and you're visually looking at the images that are in the, in the search engine, so I go to Google, I go to Yahoo, I go to Bing, and I just put in generic searches. Like if I came up with a pen that is a, a, a lighted pen, I'm going to put in LED light on pen or pen with a bulb, but just, just coming up with generic ways to do it. But you know what, George? One of the hardest things to get through when I'm talking to inventors is that they search with their kind of like even <laughs> search with their eyes closed because they don't want to find their idea. And that's that, you know, we, we get very emotionally attached to our ideas. We feel like it's our baby. This is going to be a winner. And we don't want to necessarily know that it's out there. So a lot of people just keep going and they call me at step five and six. But this, this step I spend a lot of time on with inventors because I, I think it's very strong uh, at this point to know and to decide. This is your due diligence. This is your research. So I go online. I do my search. I capture the ideas that are on there. Maybe they're a little different. That's good. So I, I save the URLs. Then I go on to Google Patents or I go on to USPTO.gov and I do a patent search there and I start to put in a little bit, a little bit more of a defined uh, words of what my invention is to pull up prior art, to pull up and look at other patents and see the claims. I know this a lot, and, and it's something that you learn over time also. I mean, Google makes it easy with their patent search, and so does USPTO. But there's also professional patent searches. So you can call a patent attorney or agent, and you can ask them to do a patent search. And by now, you should have kind of a good idea of what might be existing out there similar to yours. And it's not, it's, it's really tough to say there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing out there. Cause a lot of times 
you're coming up with something that's an improvement or some kind of modification to, to what already exists. So capture those things, go to a patent attorney or agent and ask them for a patent search with a patentability opinion. And remember, it's only an opinion. You have to keep doing some more work after that, but that's going to be valuable. So a lot of times, George, when I get a, patent, a patentability opinion back and it tells me I hit a brick wall, I'm okay. You know, if it's something that I completely disagree, then I might get a second opinion. Or if they even tell me that it is patentable, I might get a second opinion because there's a lot of time, money, energy, effort that you're putting into this idea that you're going to start with. And I'd like to know from the start if I'm going to end up going in a big circle and being back to where I started now. So I'd rather know now before I start that journey. Well, it's not only a time saver to find out if your idea has already been out there in the world, but it don't. most people are, like you say, looking to prove that it's not out there in the world. But if it is out there in the world, it should, you should take heart is I've got a good idea and I've got more good ideas. And this one, somebody else just had it before I did. And so don't, don't be dejected about it. Say, I've only got one good idea in my life. I've got many more. And this one is proven to be a winner. So, so take it as a positive. So now we've, we've uh, done our, our due diligence. We found out it is patentable. Uh, what do you do next? Well, we get excited, right? <laughs> we get to keep moving forward. But you know what, George? If you get a, a patentability search done and it shows you that your idea is not patentable, why is it not patentable? Are you completely infringing on somebody else's intellectual property if you do this? Is it something that's over 20 years old for a utility patent or 15 years old for a design patent that now is in the public domain? So that doesn't mean that you can get a patent on it or any intellectual property, but you can continue to make it yourself. But you can make it, George, and I can make it, and your next-door neighbor can make it because it's in the public domain. So you can continue on the journey there without any intellectual property, but you'll also make, and if it ends up doing well, you may have other competitors already in the market. If there's not one already that you didn't even know about, just because you couldn't find it out there, somebody still may have intellectual property protection on it. So let's get through all that. It's patentable. Now we have some decisions to make. I think it's really important to bring my idea to life. So I have my chicken scratch drawing, not very good, but I have people that I use and I re recommend that, let's say I want to bring it to life out of my head. So there's CAD files, which are 3D drawings that are on the computer that you can end up making prototypes from. Uh, if it's a cut and sew project, maybe you're specking out how it should be cut and sewn. Uh, if it's a wood product or project, you know, so if it's metal and it has to be bent, so you have to start to think about how somebody would be making this for you and then kind of figure out what it is that you're actually coming up with. And then if there's some twists and turns and gears and, you know, depending on how complex it is, you got to take those into consideration. But yeah, the first thing I would do is kind of spec it out, whether I take parts that already exist and put them together and kind of get as close as possible as I can to making my own homemade prototype. Or I might have to go to 
an engineer, uh, an industrial designer, uh, a seamstress, somebody to kind of get close to what I need to do. And from there, to make a prototype. So I think a prototype can really do justice on continuing and bringing your idea to life and also starting to get your options to what you're going to do. And we could talk about that right after. Okay, well, you've made your prototypes. Let's see, you've gone through all these hurdles. You've made your prototype, whether it's in the public domain or it's patentable, and you've submitted a, uh, what would you, what is it called, a, a patent where you're waiting on a patent? You get one year? Oh, on it. yeah. So, Provisional yeah, so let, let's say, George, yep. So let's say that we came up with this idea. We've gone through and, and we want to continue with it, and we have it to a point where we feel good about what we're doing. Look, everybody can kind of uh, choose different ways to do this. I'm kind of just going to put us on a quick journey here. So, yeah, I would file if it's a design, then I may consider filing a design patent, and that's ornamental. And I kind of skip over the other thing I'm going to talk about in a second is provisional patent application. But, yeah, I can file a design patent, and that'll give me 15 years of patent protection. And, and they're going to compare the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office examiner is going to compare my uh, concept of the drawing ornamentally and see if it's in comparison to what already exists, or they may, they may give me an issued patent on that. On the other side, George, is um, let's say it's something that has some uh, works-like kind of functionality that you need to and you want to explain and, and protect and have claims, which is almost like meets and bounds of, of real estate where you're kind of claiming your territory. But before I file what's called a utility patent or non-provisional patent, I file what's called a provisional patent application. And what that does is that gives you the right for one year to say that you're patent pending before you file that non-provisional patent application. And what that does, George, that kind of gives me some security there to say that I'm patent pending and start to explore the next steps of what I'm going to do. And I like to even explore the next steps of what I'm going to do before I even file the provisional. So I have that time of the one year to really figure out, am I going to license this to earn royalties? Am I going to manufacture this and start my own business or maybe a mix of both? And we can talk about that. Okay. There's a, I don't know if it's a myth or, or what it, if you, Put your idea down and be as specific as possible. Put it in a letter, mail it to yourself, but don't open it. Does that does that help anything, or is that just an, uh, a myth that goes around the world? Well, George, I'm going to talk about this from a perspective that I'm not a patent attorney or agent, and I'm not here to give legal advice. However, uh, that was something that was done from what I understand many years ago, um, and uh, Right now, the way that the American Invent Act works is, I think that was in 2010 or 2016, I forgot which date it was, but what that states is that it's first to file. So even if you have a letter to yourself and you sent it to, to yourself, um, it's about being first to file at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So uh, I think okay. that's kind of outdated at this point. So we need to we need somebody like you that understands this actually, and don't worry anybody if you've gotten uh, gotten interested. And I'm going to at the end of the end of the show, 
going to help you connect to a club called the National Inventors Club and also uh, help you connect to Brian if you, uh, depending on how far you want to go with you, with your patentable idea. Okay, so you, you've gotten your, your thing, you've made your prototype. How do you get it manufactured? Most people say, well, I'm going to get it made in China. Well, who knows? It's a political, what's, <laughs> what's going on there? How, how do you get it made somewhere else, the Philippines, China, Malaysia? How do you do that? Well, first off, George, you have to think about if that's what you want to do. Is it something that you're going to work on and manufacture? And let's say now you are, because finding a factory, not too hard. You know, obviously you want to find one that you trust, that gives good pricing, that's going to do the right thing by you. But what are you going to do with it? I, I think before you make 3,000, 5,000 units of your invention, your product now, what are you going to do when you have it in your garage, in your basement, in your, in your kid's room? Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it all. Um, so it's like, okay, well, if I end up making this and my prototype is here, let's start showing it to some people because now I have the prototype. I'm patent pending, hopefully, at this point. And if not, you can have people sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA you might hear. And I have one that I include on my website that people can download for free. Um, but what am I going to do with this product? Am I going to sell it on online retailers? Am I going to try to get into mass market retailers, mom and pop stores? So I, I like to work with people and myself when I come up with an idea to figure out what my next steps are before I start to spend the money. So look, these days, George, you really don't have to be in a major retail store to be successful. It's not like that anymore. It's actually not that easy to get into retail. Is it impossible? No, but it's difficult, especially with us inventors. We have, let's say, one product, and we're trying to get it into retail. Look, they most likely want brands, right? So if they have, like the way retailers work, they have a certain amount of shelf space that they are responsible for, the buyers, and they have to produce, and they have to, they have to get their return on, on that on that space. So they kind of go with the, with the players in the, in the business already, because if they don't do well, they can always blame it on them. No, but you know, for us, we have one product. So think about what a buyer or the retailer has to do is set us up as a vendor, go through, make sure we understand all the logistics and paperwork and everything else. Not, not crazy, but you know, it's just something that is a lot easier if they have, let's say Johnson and Johnson on the shelf, right? But it's still possible, especially if you're doing well, you show and you justify that you're, that you're doing well. But, you know, a lot of times, George, we can go in the, on, online at that retailer and we can prove that we have good sales and it's a good product and people are buying it. And then they can convert you to .com into their physical store, if that's the case. So I've seen those kind of situations. And look, uh, it's really about like you said, trying to find a factory at this point, if that's what you want to do. If you have the money, the time, I, I think you can get by, you know, especially if you're working with a U.S. factory or, or overseas, like, you know, you, you have the CAD files, let's say, or you have your specifications, you give it to a contract manufacturer, and they're kind of order takers. You know, these are companies that they get their uh, requests, 
and they make the product and they get it to you. They're not necessarily in retail or they're not, they don't have distribution. They're just focused on getting your product out. So yeah, National Inventor Club, you mentioned a couple of times, I've had ThomasNet, which is a registry for U.S. manufacturers. There's also distributors on there. So pay attention to that and just make sure you're hitting a, a, a manufacturer. Um, and then also, if, you, if you're looking for overseas, uh, I've had Alibaba.com as one of my guest speakers uh, on National Inventor Club. And you can learn how to navigate through to find a manufacturer in China or in Asia. And um, yeah, it, it's not easy, George. Uh, you want to make sure that you uh, find the right factory and uh, have ways to kind of navigate that and make sure or the best of our ability if we are looking for a new manufacturer to uh, to vet them properly. But at this point in my stage, George, I've been inventing for over 20 years. So I've had a chance to go through several factories um, in, in China, Malaysia, India, Taiwan. Um, of course, in the U.S., I have factories that, that I use and we're producing today. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's vetting like anything else, just like finding a contractor to build your house. You, you want to make sure you do your due diligence. And it's a little different, obviously, when you're manufacturing to finding a construction worker for your house. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – it's something that uh, you, you need to check them out and make sure that they're doing the right thing, get references like anything else that you do, and, um, and find the right factory. And uh, look, you can find the factory. There's packaging, barcoding, warehousing, what retail, what, where, what your distribution is, or it's going to be like instruction booklets. The, the, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of the logo. There's a lot of things along the way, but it's fun, exciting. It's possible. Obviously, when somebody has done it before, it's a lot easier. So I have a chance to work with people for over 18 years and I get to see what's great and what might have been able to be done better. <laughs> so I, and for myself personally, I get to learn a lot of lessons that way and watch and help people to grow and and to kind of make uh, better decisions for sure. But yeah, that, that's the manufacturing side. And of course, there's the licensing side, George. Okay. What is that? Help us well, out. well, let's say we're limited on time. It's, uh, we're tight on cash. Maybe we have all the cash that we want, but we just choose really not to go into manufacturing. It's not something that we want to do. We don't want to really deal with the retailers. We don't even know what to do really at that point. Sure, we can learn. Anybody can teach. You know, I can teach you all that stuff. But maybe there's a point where you say, you know what? There's companies out there that are doing it. They're already in retail. They already have distribution. They have manufacturing all set up. So there's something called licensing. And there's product licensing and there's brand property licensing. I'll, I'll get into that maybe in, in a moment. But product licensing. So we came up with this idea. We did our due diligence, George. We did our patent search. We have our patentability opinion. Even before that, we went online to search and just see that our idea is enough because anybody can get a, a patent pending. You can file a provisional patent application on anything. The patent office doesn't look at that. It's just a filing date for before you file your non-provisional patent application. But let's say we did all that and we did a good job in that. Now we have a, a prototype, 
maybe we got to play with that prototype a little bit on a video, kind of lock it in on, let's say we put it up on YouTube as unlisted. So all we do is just share the link with people when we need to. Um, this way it's not publicly displayed. So we kind of, we're ready to go. So what I would do, George, let's say I came up with this kitchen gadget because that's one of my favorite categories. <laughs> and uh, we go into some of the major retailers and uh, we walk down the aisles and we go, hmm, my, I think my product would be really good with this, with this company. Okay. So I'm going to flip the box over. I'm going to take a look at or the package. I'm going to take a look at the at the name of the company, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to keep doing that. And then I'm going to start to hit, hit some calls. And, um, and I'm going to call the company. I'm going to say, how you doing? My name is George, right? And uh, mm -hmm. I came up with this great idea. I've done my due diligence. I've, I've done my patent search and prototyping and CAD files. I'm ready to go. Uh, I think my product would align nicely with your product line. And they'd say, well, let me see some more. You show them the, the video. Um, show them some of your, your points of why you think that this could be a good opportunity for them to make money, right? I mean, look, us as inventors, we get very emotional about our idea. It's not about, hey, I'm Brian, the, the inventor. Um, I, I've spent all this time on this and money and everything. At the end of the day, George, they want to see, is this something that's going to make the money? Is this something that it has good margins in it? And then to pay you a percentage of, of the royal uh, for a royalty uh, payment there that they have enough margin to, to make it so it's worth, worthwhile for them and for you. And, uh, and, and that's what it is. So they're going to license the rights to your intellectual property. They're going to manufacture it, whether they have their own manufacturing facility or they outsourced. Um, they have their own salespeople internally or they have sales reps and they pay them a commission, and uh, then they, they present it to their buyers, to their distribution. And, uh, and every time one of them sells, you earn a royalty. So it's usually based on the wholesale price of what they sell it to the, to the buyer or the retailer for, and uh, you take a percentage. So as far as percentages, yeah, you can get a really high royalty rate, let's, you know, and, and let's just kind of put that in, into perspective. So <clears throat> typically, a royalty rate can be anywhere from 1% maybe is as seen on TV type of companies to all the way to 10%. Now, what's the difference? So I had this one inventor that I was working with, and I kind of helped him through his licensing opportunity for his uh, toy. And he said, Brian, I got two licensing deals on the table. We did great. I'm pumped up. One said that uh, I'm gonna that they're offering me 10%, and another one is 5%. I'm like, okay, well, it's a no-brainer, right? You're gonna take 10%. Well, why don't you find out what their distribution is? So the 10% uh, uh, licensee, you're the licensor with the with the big idea and your right. intellectual property, and they're the licensee. So the licensee uh, that had 10% offer, they were in some independent stores very limited on distribution, but they gave you a higher royalty rate opportunity. Okay, great. The other one that was 5%, their distribution was in major toy stores. So <laughs> they're going to do more, more distribution. You're probably going to sell a lot more, get a lot more of your stuff out there, your game out there that way, but your royalty rate is mm -hmm. going to be a little less. But obviously, hopefully you're going to make more that way, and that's worked 
pretty well for me. So I like to go to A players in the business. And, uh, and those are the ones that are probably going to make it worth your time. And uh, look, you know, the, the whole goal is to be able to get your product out there for me, George, as an, as an inventor. My thing is, I love to see my idea out there and people using it for the same reason I came up with it. That is my goal. You know, like, I love that. that that's what keeps me ticking. Well, what I'm understanding is if you license it, you're cutting out all of that time, effort, and uh, things that you, you just haven't been through, getting it manufactured, getting it distributed, getting it sold, getting it, you're cutting out all of that. And most people say, well, I'm not going to make as much. Actually, you may make more uh, by coming up with those kind of ideas. So I like your idea about having it licensed versus uh, but some people will want to go through the whole process themselves. Huh? We we both understand yeah. that. And then, so you've got your product in market. Have you ever seen people, and you've talked them out of doing something, and have you ever seen people and you've talked them into continuing to do, to go through with their ideas? <laughs> it's funny because I. It, most of the time, George, and, and no disrespect, and look, I'm, I'm not looking to be a, a heartbreaker out there, but, and, and I, I just had, uh, you know, th there's people that are working on their ideas for a long time. And sometimes, like I said, they have their blinders on and they're not realizing that there may be something very close, if not the same exact thing that already exists, and you're trying to recreate the same thing it might be tough to continue. So what I do is I help people to figure out if it's something that they should continue to work on or not. And I don't make that decision. I ultimately help you to make that decision. And sometimes the window of opportunity might be so limited that it may not necessarily see a great return on what you're putting in. So I help to evaluate that and figure out what you should do and help you to make better decisions there. And then there's other people that I've seen, let's say, I mean, this just happened recently. I, I was working with an inventor many years ago and he, he tried to license it. And sometimes when you license, you try to license your idea and people and companies are saying, no, it doesn't mean your product sucks, George. It just means it might not be the right time. You don't know. They may be going out of, business or they may have a serious uh, backlog of orders or their pipeline is full, whatever the case is, sometimes it's just about timing. So one inventor that I was working with, and this, I mean, this is just last week, um, we showed the company the product years ago for licensing. And, uh, and, and I went back and I, I went to a trade show and I showed it again. And now he got a, Now he has a deal and it's going to be in uh, the major retailers. I'm pumped and I'm excited for him. And sometimes, like I said, it's just a matter of timing. So you could try to license it. If, if they say no, then you may want to reconsider and do it again at another time. Or like what, what this guy did was say, you know what? Everybody said, no, I think it's, it's still a good idea. I can kind of turnkey manufacture this and I can help you to do that. Or he did it himself, you know, and he ended up selling it for a little while and his sales were okay not spectacular, not really paying attention to it. And now he's back in the game with, uh, with a licensing deal. So look, um, anything is possible, George, just because if you're trying to license it, 
you can actually, a, a lot of people, I'm just going to tell one more story. There was a lady who I was working with and uh, she was trying to license her product and uh, she, it, it wasn't, she didn't get a licensing deal. Okay. A little heartbroken. That's okay. Um, I said, why don't you manufacture it? And she said, manufacture it. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I don't even know what that is. Okay. Well, how much you think it's going to cost to manufacture? So she did a little research or whatever, came back, said, well, this, I think this uh, mold is going to cost me $25,000 and each unit is going to cost me, I don't know, three, $4. Okay. Well, let's take a look and let's go directly to some factory. So we went in the U S a little, little high um, relative to what we need to sell it for. Right. Um, so what, what we might make it for here might be what the customer might should be paying for it. So it was a little tough. We ended up going overseas and the, the mold cost $600, George. She thought it was 25000 and, and then per unit, $0.80 cents per unit. Minimum order quantity from the factory, 3,000 units. 3,000 units times $0.80, cents, $2,400. Mold, $600. A couple bucks to ship it here. 3,000 units minimum, sold, 3,000, sold, 5,000, 5,000, in business for herself, happy. Now she can continue doing what she's doing, making nice margins as her own business, being proud, being behind her product, promoting it, social media, all that good stuff. But she also has another option where she could say, you know what, I, I love this, but I can also now go and license it, and I have a little bit more leverage because I built some good assets here. And I prove, I prove that the product can sell. Or she can continue doing it herself and build a brand, add more products to her product line, and be able, when somebody's coming for her product, have other products out there. And now when you try to go to a retailer and you say, hey, I came up with this idea, this has been doing well, and I have all these other products around it, now I have a brand. You interested in having me in your, in your store? That, that goes back to that old adage, nothing succeeds like success. You know, it's just that's that's amazing. Well, one I've got two or three questions from this. Uh, one is, first of all, the first first question is, you mentioned, and I'm by the way, I'm speaking with Brian Freed with the National Inventors Club, and uh, we'll get his contact information in just a little while. But uh, how do you identify if you're one of these people that gets an idea and it goes poof? Or you're a person that has the uh, has the ability to carry forward with all of the different steps that may get you discouraged. How, how do you identify if you're that type of person or not? And you should just go about your life having fun ideas that go poof, and otherwise, or otherwise, are you going to be a person that has the stamina to carry through this whole process? Have you can you identify these people when you talk to them? I, I can, George, because I learn about them and I understand where they're coming from. Are you somebody that has time? Do you have the money? Are you somebody that is really tight with family or there's something going on in your life that's kind of uh, a bit of drama? You want to continue with this idea and you want to continue because you believe that this is something that can make you a lot of money. Or it could be your residual income. It could end up being something that turns into something that blows up and 
becomes a social media phenomenon, whatever it is, the thing is you got to get into the, the soul of the person. And that's where I love to connect with people and I understand them and I understand their product. And I think about what they are getting themselves into. And uh, I, my goal is to make it as easy as possible for them, but very realistic and help them through the steps. Okay. So George, you came up with this great idea. I got a chance to learn a little bit about you. Now let's talk about what steps one, two, three, four, and five are. What does licensing look like? What does manufacturing look like? And a lot of times I respect that they're reading a lot of things out there and all that good stuff. But a lot of times I'm bringing it and making it real. Look, I'm an inventor. I have 15 patents. I have over 100 trademarks. I, I've licensed products to earn royalties. I've manufactured products. And I've been doing the same thing for people for 18 plus years now. And the thing is that I understand kind of putting myself into their shoes and their product and what they're in for. So I guide them through to see what it looks like later on and then come back to where they are right now and then help them to get to where they want to go. That's my job. And what I've noticed, and I've, this is just, uh, we have not talked about this. I'm just going to give you a, a uh, you know, a report, get, a, get everybody a report. This man, I have seen, I've watched him, watched him. He is one of the most giving people in the world. Now, yes, Later on, he'll charge a fee or he'll charge a percentage or he charges something for it. But just like he was talking about, you can get an NDA for free, just absolutely free on his website. There's your NDA. So he gives things. He gives, gives, gives. And his fee, you will get much more than you pay for. You know, a lot of people, will, you'll, they'll have a fee. It might be a little bit lower. It might be a little bit higher. But you get less than what you pay for. With this person, you get more than, than what you pay for. So he's, uh, let's first of all find out how to contact the National Inventors Club, how to join, and then we're going to get personal contacts on you. How do you, tell me about the National Inventors Club and how it, how it was formed and how you got the idea for it and how you joined. It's very kind of you, George. Look, for me, I've been there, done that, and I'm an inventor, so I understand where people are coming from, and I treat people the way that I would want to be treated. And I always think about the other person and what they're giving up or what they're giving or what they're getting into to help them to make those decisions. And yeah, I have to make a living also and, and be able to charge for my time. But look, if you skipped over me. And one thing with me, George, like I want to be that first person that somebody talks to because I want to guide them in the right direction and help them to make the decision. It's very easy for somebody to tell you that your idea is great and wonderful, pat you on the back and make you feel good and just keep you going through the process and end up back to where you started today with, with just, you know, spending that time, money, energy, and effort and just not getting the results. So I, I'm, for me, sometimes, George, people spend money with me, and that's the last thing that they end up doing, and I'm okay with that. Or you get enough information out of me, and you're on your own. I love that. I'm okay. But then I also help people to uh, commercialize their idea and help them through all the steps to manufacturing and to commercialization. And then other people, I act as a licensing agent. So I, 
I can either uh, do it, I can tell you what to do, I could do it with you, or I could do it for you. And then I, I earn a percentage with you. So there's a lot of ways that I do help and I do charge for my time, but I make sure that I earn it and people uh, look uh, like anything. And I said earlier, it's always good to do your due diligence. And one of the hardest things, George, is for people to know who to trust out there. And I appreciate all your kind words, but at the end of the day, you want to see what other people are saying. And I, I'm proud of the people that have a chance to put some recommendations out on there on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm active and I, I love all the you know people that um, have put something and I appreciate it and Google and, you know, and, and then, yeah, I, I'm very big into educating and helping people to know what to do next and not just to say I help inventors, but to actually do it. And uh, National Inventor Club, I started inventor clubs uh, on Long Island here in New York, um, I guess in the early 2000s. And then uh, as things evolved, I formed the Long Island Inventors and Entrepreneurs Club, which was two counties formed together. Then I, with, with COVID, I, I was always having great guests on on in my inventors clubs. And I said, well, <laughs> I was always inviting people from all over the country anyway, to come on the live, uh, come into the meetings that we were doing during COVID. And I'm like, this has to change. National Inventor Club came to life. And now I get to live stream to thousands of people all the time on all social media. I get to have amazing guests on, guests on to be able to pick their brain and represent the inventor as an inventor to find what they have, the knowledge that they have, to bring it on to the inventors to help them to keep moving forward with their big ideas. And that's what I love to do. I have my consultancy, which is Inventor Smart. Inventor Smart is my brand, and it has National Inventor Club, my coaching. I have an e-learning course called Inventor Class. I have three books that I authored. My last one was How to Make Money with Your Invention Idea a couple months back. And just being, a, and I have my Got Invention show. Got Invention show, I love, it's like promoting inventors on there. I, I have you on for a 28-minute interview, and we talk about who you are, where you're from, what your challenge was, what your, new, what your big idea was or is, where you are right now, and what are you looking to do in the future with it, or what does it look like in the future. And once that's done, I got picked up by a network, so it goes on major, major online um, live uh, streaming, uh, and then the podcast. It's, it's just, I, again, it's another way for me to get the word out for inventors and kind of help them to uh, to let people know what they invented and who they are. I mean, this sounds. What is the contact information? How does somebody? <laughs> okay, we've gotten all of these people, and they're saying. How do I get this man? How do I find him? Where where is he? How how do they Thank you, George. Thank you. So I have nationalinventorclub.com, nationalinventorclub.com. And you can sign up there as a free member, as a premium member. Obviously, membership has its benefits and privileges. I just uh, went with 30 inventors to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, I have them on as my... Uh, intro, uh, many, uh, pretty much every month of my live streaming monthly meetings for National Inventor Club. So they invited me and guests that I wanted to bring to the club. 
uh, to the uh, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, and we were just there last week. It was unbelievable. Um, they had 12 people, and we had 30-plus people, and it was just a great experience. And, um, yeah, just be a part of it. Uh, there's, there's great things that uh, we have with guests, and there's a major platform that I have coming out in a couple months that I'm in the middle of working on that's going to really – bring National Inventor Club to the next level and Inventor Smart actually. So Inventor Smart is going to really um, be the brand. And then all the things that I have below with NIC and, and all the things with consulting and everything is going to be in there. So yeah, nationalinventorclub.com. So every, yeah. My, my personal website, Brian Fried. Okay. Yeah. All right. my, my personal website, brianfried.com. B-R-I-A-N-F-R-I-E-D.com. I say I have to say that, George, because a lot of times people say my spell my first name B-R-A-I-N, and the way my last name is spelled, it could sound like fried, so I'm brain fried. So just my yeah. first name is B-R-I-A-N. <laughs> okay. And uh, Smart. And you also have Inventor, is it InventorSmart.com? Yes, InventorSmart.com. Okay, well, I'll have a link for each of these three at the bottom. Uh, just look under the podcast, and this, these links will be there, and you can click on them and go directly to this. And hope you'll hear tell Brian that you heard him, learned about him on the podcast. And, Brian, any, any final words to uh, prospective inventors? Well, I think that what you need when you have this idea is, information to keep you moving forward and guidance and be part of my world. And I, I'd love to help you get there. And believe me, uh, I've seen what he's done with people and he has helped them and uh, he will keep you from going, uh, as they say in the South, in the ditch. He will keep you on the road and keep you from going in the ditch. So Brian, thank you very much for being with us. I know you're your time is limited, and uh, we you're meeting with inventors and attorneys and all kind of people all the time. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you for the opportunity, George. I appreciate it, and, and I wish everybody all the best with their big ideas. <laughs>